everyone, it's Richa, and you're listening to AWA. You can also find me on Instagram, and the handle is at AsianWorkingAs. Today, I'll be talking about all things fashion with Jyothi. Jyothi created High on Flows, which is a brand created for women who are unapologetically themselves. Jyothi works in the fashion industry 9 to 5, and High on Flows is something that she manages to run alongside this for now, but hopes to eventually make it a full-time thing. I think today's conversation will hopefully spark some inspiration in me to wear something other than my joggers and hoodie. So hi Jyothi and thanks for joining me today. Hi everyone, thanks for having me. Um, no, I'm, I'm so grateful to have you on. Um, I don't know if you remember this Jyothi, but a while back, I think this is about 10 years ago now, I initially met you at a show called the show, I think it was, basically. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah, and that was like the first time I met you, and I remember you having such a bubbly personality, and your interest in fashion had begun, I'm sure before then, but like, you know, since it's already been 10 years and you're still in the fashion scene, like, it's it makes sense for you to be doing fashion, um, and I feel like you've always had a passion for fashion in that sense. So could you just maybe introduce yourself um, to the listeners and talk about, you know, how and why did like your your interest in fashion start um hi everyone again my name is Jyoti and um I met Richard like she said 10 years ago I can't believe it's been 10 years mm-hmm. I cannot believe it I can't anyway so wait, basically I worked as a production merchandiser in um, London for a fashion design company um production merchandising I say is different to retail merchandising so basically to give you like a preview of my, what my job includes. So it starts from the point a style is bought. So a cu- like a customer or like a client would buy a style from us and then they would send us all the confirmation, however many units that they want to make. And then basically my job would be ordering fabrics to make fit samples, managing the in-between processes by liaising with buyers, mills, lab dates, prints, colors approval, like it's just a lot of going back and forth and also like creating um, like a critical path for us, for me as well, to manage between, you know, different departments and like different clients, making sure everything is on track, just a lot of multitasking I'd say Mm. Uh, extremely extremely fast-paced so I can't like miss a single beat I have to be on it all the time and um all our factories especially right now are in Europe and we buy a lot of fabrics from Turkey and Far East so you can imagine because of Brexit it's it's been like extremely extremely difficult for me to import or export anything and it's, it's a hard job. It's a really, really difficult um, time for us right now. And retail industry, and especially fashion, like fashion, has been hit so hard because of COVID. And mm-hmm. we're trying to make it work at the moment. And the new lockdown um, roadmaps have been lift, like you know put forward. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to all the um, orders picking up and people shopping again, but responsibly. <laughs> Yeah, sure. It sounds like a lot and obviously, you know, obviously Brexit has been such a hard hit on the fashion industry and fashion generally, the industry itself is such a fast moving industry, right? Like it must be very stressful. Mm -hmm. So what keeps you kind of going and what drives you to keep on working, um, you know, within fashion? I think I I just really enjoy the process of designing Mm. and then seeing the design 
come to life and yeah. people actually wearing it and like you see all these um like for example we supply to phase eight so right. you see all these reviews on um, their instagram or on their website and they're like oh this is amazing i love the fabric i love the design oh this color is really nice like it's, it's just so nice to see people appreciate the work that you do and yeah i think that is something that i really like you know keeps you going to, to yeah go to work today and struggle <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah but I suppose every um you know every positive comes with its own like rough rides but that's what makes it I suppose more um you know wonderful to kind of see that outcome that you did it and that you overcame that challenge so yeah um I want to actually begin um we're talking about your own brand that you created, High and Flirters, um, which is, I suppose, a result of your interest in this field. And like you said, you really are passionate about seeing, you know, creating designs and seeing it come to fruition. And um, I suppose this was a nice, like, way of you kind of being able to create what um, you want and what you feel that maybe other women would want as well. Like, could you kind of talk through the process of what you were thinking when you created High and Flirters? Oh my god, hind flares. Oh my god. I didn't even for example to begin with, to to go to the like, you know, very beginning, I always knew that I wanted to be in fashion. Even when I was a really, really young kid, like I'd always design my own like you know, kurta sura. Mm-hmm. Even when I was really young, like my um auntie would take me to the shop and like I choose my own fabric, I choose my own colour, I choose my own design and I would talk to the tailor myself and then he would like design my clothes and make it for me like I would be the one who would tell them oh make it shorter make it longer like I would be the one who like you know give them instructions right I knew that it was gonna be fashion like that I would be in fashion for when I grew up Mm. and then um I just didn't know that that dream would like manifest itself as the handlers. So um, the official launch was in 2019 in September. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then I know like the official launch was then, but I started working it about, um, I think in like 2015. Right. And I had to like gather all these um, informations and connections and research all the factories and see if they're okay. And um, yeah, like I wanted to design clothes that I would personally wear and it would be an extension of my style of who I am. And I didn't just want to create clothes just for the sake of creating clothes. Like I wanted it to be something that I was missing for my wardrobe, mm-hmm. like a really nice dress that I that would fit me properly because mm-hmm. I'm petite as well. Right. And I wanted it to be like, fit, like a nice fit and like nice quality. And also I didn't want to compromise by just buying like you know um like polyester even like I know that it's not such a um diff- like t- topic that n- not many people are aware of maybe I don't mm-hmm. know like for me it's important that when I buy clothes I know where it's coming from Absolutely. so I wanted to buy clothes that were you know, um, recycled material mm-hmm. or had some sort of sustainability in it yeah and um, yeah, and um, I decided to work on these designs. Um, and instead of like buying from a retailer's um, line, like you get basically have an option. So you can go to a re- um, I mean, uh, to a supplier, mm-hmm. and you can pick up 
the, the, the like the designs that they've already designed so you could just like pick all the designs and be like oh this, i want this many um quantities on this many sizes and like colors blah 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 or you could just design from scratch which is what i did right and honestly it's extremely hard work like i didn't realize i mean i have worked in this industry before but because i work in production i only I like i kind of see the end of it only. Yeah. Yeah. i don't see from the first day like i see the designs and the designers are designing it but i don't really get to like get be involved in like the sourcing fabrics and like trims and making sure that they're right and fits and blah 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 like we have all these teams who do all those things yeah. so for me to be doing that all by myself oh my god i can't tell you how hard it was mm. and um, i had to do at least like five to six fits before going into production right. and um, i live in production in china okay but because obviously of the time difference and the distance i had to keep going back and forth like she, they would send me samples and then i'd have to do a fit session yeah. and then the fit would not be right and i had to like sit down with my friend oh my god thank god i have friends who can do these things mm. so um, yeah they helped me with the fit sessions so i would make comments and then pass the comments back to china and then they would do another sample and then yeah. send it back to me and it's just a going back and forth it was hard yeah oh my gosh because obviously as consumers we look at your site and we only see the final product that's ready and we as physicists we don't yeah. even think about the process like um sourcing the materials to designing it and like hearing about it now it's so insightful to know all the hard work that goes into creating what you do because you know you want it to be perfect and you want to make the best um mm-hmm. so yeah it's amazing um and I I I know that obviously you know especially with fast fashion they like they have a bad rep in the sense that you know it's not good for the environment and like you said whereas with your brand you're trying to make it sustainable um you're trying to change people's perception of fashion in a way by um providing something that's you know good and long term wear um so yeah I love that um and what was it like I mean, how, like, obviously you've had experience in the fashion industry where you've worked in the, you know, production side of things. And I just wanted to ask you, like, it must have been difficult to navigate, especially when you're starting your own brand. So um, how did you manage to even form these connections, find out where to look, like, especially with China? Like, you know, did you, obviously, did you have any sort of mentorship at all? Or how did you go about dealing with everything? I I think for me, like, when I moved to London, I did an internship with a company. Right. And I feel like that was an extremely crucial point in my life where I... So, you know how, like, you um, get an internship and you are assigned to a department? Like, you were... Like, you, you do a photography internship or, like, a design... Inter- like, when I got the internship, I wasn't assigned to a particular um, department. So I was basically helping all these departments do everything. Mm. So that kind of gave me like an overall view of how the business worked. Mm-hmm. So I was sometimes, like some days I'd be um, taking photos or like some days I'd be like, um, I don't know, um, helping the designers with their designs and like, some days I'd be in production and some days I'd be managing their online website. So it was just a lot of um, experience. Mm, so yeah. I think like working in all those different departments and sectors, I guess I kind of like made 
connections with people like I from there I um, got to meet so many different um, photographers or like different models mm. or different um, like and that company as well used to work with China so I got to, to make um, connections with factories in China and all that stuff and um, when I first started like thought I'm gonna start this brand I kind of um, got back in touch with those people and mm-hmm. um, I even like went to China to visit the factory and it was extremely difficult oh my god I didn't realize how difficult it would be to travel to China by yourself because they don't really speak English unless they are in that kind of industry where they need to speak English like normal people wouldn't speak English at all mm-hmm. so I stayed at the hotel it was really shady I didn't know what the hotel was gonna be like so I booked <laughs> it from bookings.com right and I went there and it was really shady there were like loads of people like random people from everywhere in the world and I, I think I even saw like few Nepalese people in like a mm-hmm. garment industry and I think they were just buying stuff for I, I think Nepal I think right. I don't I didn't speak to them but um yeah it was really crazy to go to um china and like nobody would speak anything so i had, I had to like use my um google i couldn't sorry i couldn't use google because google is not allowed in china. oh gosh yeah and um you know like the apple um map is really shit like it's just so shit so i had to use like um vpn oh. to go to google and use google maps and i had to use like google translate to like talk to people oh it was gosh. horrible oh my god it was a horrible experience you're but so brave honestly wow like really that's so impressive that. there was one time like in, i was in the elevator and then this guy was like asking me if i stayed in the hotel and i was like i pretended i couldn't speak in english but then he kept talking to me but then he kept following me to my room i was <gasps> like oh my god i had to literally like double lock the door yeah. and make sure there was like a um chair in front of the door as well I was so scared oh my god I yeah I I'm like gosh I'm scared like just hearing about it wow yeah I mean yeah yeah. you have to have like loads of connections and like people to help you but even if you don't have connections I think it's important to like link with people on net like no I was gonna say Netflix I'm sorry Anyway, um, you have to like, you know, put yourself out yeah. there and like ask questions and like meet with people or like, um, like follow people on LinkedIn and like mm. ask questions because people are always ready to help. Yeah. And it's not very like a, well, how do I say it? Like, it's not quite stuffy like it is in like some industries where people aren't like too friendly. Mm. I feel like quite like open in that sense right that's interesting because when I think of like the fashion industry I always feel like it's super cutthroat I don't know that's like the image I have in my head and it's nice to hear from you that it's like it's very like you know people are helpful they're always willing to help because I think sometimes people get scared to reach out and ask right but actually you know just just make that step and like connect with someone and um I suppose that's like you can learn from how other people's experience in some sense um so yeah that's a really good point um I mean for you like you know do you with high on flows are you doing all the designs yourself then like at this point like is it all from your own heart and like your own creativity yeah I think well like it's definitely something that I 
design myself and I have like I'm not very good at drawing oh my god you should see my drawings they're basically just like line drawings it would look like some like kindergarten kid drawing or something but then I'm so glad that I have um my factory who can understand what I'm drawing <laughs> right and, um, I have um few friends who are garment techs so they help me with um fits so if I draw something and they're like what is this mm. <laughs> i don't understand what this means so i have to like explain to them this is the seam this is where i want the zip to be and they'll be like oh you can't put that zip there because it won't work it won't function well or if it has to be a zip on here because the how would a person get inside the garment if there is no zip on here so they kind of like help me with all these um technical issues mm -hmm. so i'm glad to have friends who know all that stuff but with, when it comes to design, yeah, definitely, I designed them. But in terms of making it commercial and, like, usable, I have friends who help me. Right, nice. So, Josie, I just, I just want to ask you, you know, where does kind of High and Fleur stand alongside all the other um, High Street brands? How are you guys different to, like, the other, um, I suppose, High Street brands that you see who are doing fast fashion? Um, it's really like hampers is really a stand against fast fashion I'd say because I'm not going to be releasing collections every week like all these brands like high street brands you see all these uh, brands like Boohoo and like ASOS and Zara and whatnot they, they're releasing new collections every week it's really hard to keep up and it's just crazy that's just fast fashion and um, I which I think is really not realistic because people won't be buying all these collections every week i would rather um, work on releasing pieces that would work well and complement an already existing wardrobe which is more realistic because we already have wardrobe full of clothes that might be missing something you know and um with um, high furs i chose to use dead stock materials so all, so the polyester that i've used is actually just um fabric that the supplier was gonna get rid of because nobody was buying the fabric so I, I decided to use the so that's what dead stock material means so I've used dead stock material and the satin I use is recycled polyester which is honestly amazing I, I'm so proud that I did that and um, all the trims even including like neck labels to spring tickets to even the string that attaches the ticket on the garment is recycled the tissue paper the packaging everything is recycled and sustainable and um, it was really an important thing that I important part of high and first I think that I did that and I feel like people in our community um i'm going to spe talk especially about nepalese community um tend to overlook these sustainable aspects um i get a lot of questions from my friends and family like why my price point is higher than other brands like zara or like boohoo or like whatnot and i'm like what it's simply because people who helped me the factory workers who made these garments the production coordinator who worked tirelessly answering all my questions at all times were paid fairly and plus you pay premium for sustainable fabric it's more expensive to buy like recycled polyester than to buy polyester and it costs more to order a small quantity obviously because i'm a small business I have to buy like a minimum quantity instead of all these big brands buying like you know thousands and thousands of pieces of pieces of garments that 
will obviously cost them lower. And I feel like all these fast fashion brands is, like have made cheap clothing so accessible that people expect it to be a standard. They forget that those clothes are made by human beings and who live in like third world countries and are getting paid like barely anything. And we don't even, actually, we don't even have to go that far. Like look at Boohoo and Lester factories. Like they're paying them like what, three pounds per hour. That's crazy, you know? And um, mm. also saying that, like, I don't want to judge people based on their financial decisions, but I just like to, I like, them to be aware of the consequences of their decisions Mm, yeah yeah. wow like the level of detail that goes into your entire brand so from like you said just the the piece of like string that you know you have for the labels um how everything is so sustainably sourced um and I did initially, I have to say, I was like, oh, you know, they are they are quite like premiumly priced, but hearing your story and understanding everything that you do makes like complete sense. And you're so right in that we have almost been like um, normalized to think that the low prices are absolutely fine without even thinking of the consequences that goes on behind the scenes. Um, and I feel like what you're doing is so great in that you're thinking about the entire process, um, not just for, it's important, like you said, to, uh, to not judge people based on their own financial, like there may be reasons for whatnot, but you're doing your best to, provide something that's sustainable ethical and I respect that a lot actually wow um and thank you for sharing that you have you've obviously talked about the challenges but like I just want to ask you what is your favorite part about working in fashion it's very um fulfilling for me at least like I like to like I like that I can be creative and get paid for it. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I don't like. I hate. I would hate to be in a place where I'm. I have to do something I'm not happy doing. Mm. Like, I'm, like for me, it wouldn't work if I were to work in finance. I can't even imagine. Like, yeah. it's just not for me. So I'm just grateful that I can do something that I want to do and yeah. be paid for it and make a living out of it. Yeah. And um, it's just fashion. I feel like it's such a melting pot of different creative people and like you just get to meet so many I think that aspect aspect as well is quite interesting to me like I get to meet people from so many different backgrounds so many different countries different like you know stories and it's just nice to see all of them working together and like a really good team Mm -hmm. I mean I have worked with difficult people like I'm not gonna lie like Mm -hmm. there are people but it's very rare that you meet those people but usually it's just really lovely people really Mm -hmm. super helpful super knowledgeable always open to help and it's just nice yeah no I love that I love also that you mentioned being you know the fact that you can be creative and get paid for it um it's funny because I recently spoke to someone who used to work in finance and he switched to a career where he could use his creativity more so yeah I feel like that's such a great point and also um I suppose with any jobs we always will um you know um, come across someone who's difficult no matter what industry you're in so yeah um okay thanks for sharing that and um you know traditionally like especially with Asian households 
the parents always want you to go to uni, right? Like sometimes you don't necessarily need a degree to do what you do. Um, sometimes d- d- there's different ways of learning for different people. So would you say like for what you're doing, and I personally don't know about your um, like education background, but like did you have to go through any kind of um, university degree to get to w- what you're doing today? Um, I didn't go to uni. I finished my college and then I moved to London and did my internship. Mm-hmm. But that was it. I didn't go to um, uni. I was planning to go to uni, but then I kind of like started working and I didn't really need a degree. They didn't ask me for my degree when I was applying for jobs, so I just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I know I understand what you mean by like Asian parents like having the this expectation of yeah. their children to like. I don't know, get a degree, and especially go into, I don't know, more like um, engineers and like, I don't know, you know, all that kind of stuff. But my parents definitely, they wanted me to go into medicine. And I even tried, I tried like, I tried so hard to like, enjoy maths mm-hmm. and like biology and chemistry. And I did psychology, like, I did four subjects and it was the worst time of my life. I could not even get, bring myself to like, study those things I absolutely did not did not enjoy it and mm. at the end I think I did like six months of it and I and then I dropped out mm. and I was like not going to do it and they were just quite they were really disappointed to be honest in the beginning mm-hmm. and I was like I'm, I'm gonna have to do what I need to do exactly. you can't like pressure me into doing these things because yeah. I'm not gonna be happy and if you want me to be unhappy then fine mm. but yeah. I'm not gonna wanna do these things that I'm not happy about and I think at the end they kind of like accepted that I'm just gonna do what I want to do and they let me be free really. yeah yeah no that's great that's a good point as well because sometimes I feel like especially kids they don't want to disappoint their parents but at the end of the day this is going to be something that you do for the rest of your life and no matter what I think like your parents will always be supportive of what you love doing um but you just have to prove that you know you obviously you can't just be in bed lazing around doing nothing you you just have to be good at what you actually love doing um and yeah I, I really like respect you for I think standing your ground and kind of going by what you love doing and following your own passion um, so I could hear your washing machine beeping in the background, by the way. But <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Um, I just wanted to ask you, like, say, you know, if you could give advice for others who wants to follow a similar path in the fashion industry, um, or like even a more similar route into what you're doing with high employers, like, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, I would say that. I know it's so cliche to say follow your heart, follow your dream, but I think that person like it's also important to be um, realistic about the struggles when you're following your dream mm. because people don't really mention the hard times and like when things don't go your like your way, like, you have to like be very patient and like be determined to like you know push push past the difficulties and like the difficult times and I, I, I not always tell my um, younger cousins to you know always be prepared and like be um, have like the mindset that you have like you have to do what you need to do and I always say that it's best to be over prepared than be under prepared. Everyone 
basically wants to work for a big company because obviously they want to get into the big company and like it'd be nice it'd be nice to have that company's name on your cv but sometimes it's best to work for a small company where you can do big changes than to work for a big company where you're doing like you know menial tasks mm. and um my big tip for students is to um message like small companies and ask if you can assist them in any way and get internships because internships and work placements and like work experience is just so important like i feel like it's more important than getting a degree because you need the experience you need like a hands-on experience of what the job will be like because that's what the companies will look for i would rather hire somebody who has a work experience over somebody who has a degree because that person with job experience is more valuable to me than somebody with a degree because that's just theory like you know theoretical experience like i don't need that in my like in real life i Mm -hmm. need somebody experience so i would definitely add like give um tell students or people who want to you know especially work in fashion especially to go out of their way do their research, make sure you contact all these people, like companies, and ask them if, they, if you can be of any help. No, I feel like you've given such great advice. And I love the bit about you where you mentioned working for small companies because you get to observe, like, every single aspect of how the business runs rather than in a big business where you're kind of like this just focused on one specific side of the um overall like company's vision i suppose um yeah i really like that um and also like i feel like um especially students in creative roles they kind of like project their creativity not their but not their creative but more like their style into um their designs that they're for example if uh, for example if i was a not me for example, if somebody was applying for handlers mm-hmm. as um, I don't know a stylist, mm-hmm. or um, I don't know even if even if, she, if she's applying to be a designer, mm-hmm. I would want them to look at my um, website, look mm-hmm. at my brand, what I stand for, what my um, brand identity is, mm-hmm. and um, how I portray myself on and on the internet, and mm-hmm. I want them to come up with a design brief or like a portfolio that would work for me mm. instead of what they want my brand to be like you know what I mean yeah like they have to make sure that they are creating a portfolio based on the company's yeah. identity rather than what they like yeah that is very important because I do see a lot of um collab requests or even like a um, internship requests for um handlers where um I would I even like gave um, um, two interns like a project to take photos of and they came up with this really amazing um, idea, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, when the photos came out, it was nothing like how I how right. the brand identity was. So it was really difficult for me to say like, oh, I, I can't use those photos. Mm. It doesn't represent hand blurs the way I want it to represent hand blurs. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that people who are, you know, applying for these um, internships or roles and blah, 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 they have to, like, make sure that they know what the brand is, what the brand's identity is before applying, and, like, that's how they should cater their portfolio. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, very good point. Sometimes I suppose people just get taken over by their own like um, creativity and their own style that they outpoured their own thoughts into what is actually an existing brand identity. So yeah. Unless that's what the design brief is asking yeah. for. Yeah, I but suppose it depends on the whole context, yeah. Um, Jyoti, like what you've done, like I'm so inspired and your China story really scares me a little bit but I was like, damn, this girl is brave, you know, she's like actually getting herself out there and yeah, I can't imagine like, you know, being able to do that myself so um, really like applaud you for that. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot um, and so thank you for sharing your journey and your own experiences with us and I don't that like you will be going on to do more amazing things. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we close off this episode? um I feel like from my experience that no amount of reading or preparing can prepare you for actually starting your own business until and unless you actually start so I'm currently right now taking a break from hampers because I was completely burnt out like Mm. completely and um it's extremely difficult to work full-time and start a full-blown business on the side like I didn't realize how much time it would consume um it was really unhealthy for me to go to bed really late every night and work on like four hours of sleep and it was just Mm -hmm. really um difficult to continue and sustain that lifestyle and um I would be at my day job and answering all these emails to handlers and making important decisions while at the same time like doing my day job like you know mm. and answering my work emails and like making sure the garments went on like for fits and blah 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 it was just really 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 tiring and um I remember I would work on handlers during my lunch hour having like eating my lunch at the same time like taking my laptop at, uh, in like the um cafe and like right. working it was just not sustainable at all and um because when I started I didn't have any help like I still don't I mean but I mean I have my boyfriend who helps me with little things now but he can't really help me with like making decisions mm. and stuff. so when I started it, I just didn't have any help it was everything it was, I had to I was just making sure everything happened on time and everything from designing sourcing communicating with factories like designing packaging like the trends logos like approving colors finding models organizing photo shoots creating content collabs with influencer updating instagram building website writing all the policies on the website maintaining updating stock levels creating oh my god it was just too much and also, I kind of like when I started, I didn't realize how much admin work it mm-hmm. it's involved in making, like, you know, having everything in place and having a system, like paying and filing invoices. Uh, oh my God, I didn't realize how, like, the big part of owning a business is also to deal with, you know, the finances. Yeah. I absolutely So I kind of like, it was just so overwhelming that I had to like get all these invoices and like file them and like pay them and like it was just a lot like creating all these systems was just too much and if I missed a single beat it would mess up everything because Mm -hmm. I didn't have the luxury to like put it off for later because I had to do my own job as well and um it's just I feel like 
you have to have like a really tight grip on your budget and have like a proper filing system also like a proper system to keep all your designs to in place because sometimes like a factory will ask you oh remember that design you said this 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 that's why we sent you this sample and you have to go back and be like oh yeah actually i did not say that so can you please make another sample and not charge me for the sample that was a mistake right. so you have to on top of everything yeah gosh all the filing and paperwork and keeping all your rec records i suppose wow yeah did you really doing all that after you come back from work oh man yeah that's intense i don't know how you do it honestly that's amazing but like yeah. i'm i'm also um glad that you are aware that you were burnt out and that you did kind of take a step back or at least like realize that because i think um you know it's not healthy for your mind, maybe, like, for your mental health, uh, you do have to realise, like, you know, doing a business, um, you still have to keep your mental health in check too, for sure, right? Yeah, oh, my God. I definitely, like, I, I remember being so anxious about, like, when I launched it, I remember being really anxious, like, is it going to, like, you know, sell? Are people going to like it? It was just too... I was just too anxious, and... Um, and then uh, once like I started um, selling, I was like, okay, finally, like people are buying, people like it, blah blah blah. And then sometimes you get like a message like, oh, can I please return it? It doesn't fit me, blah blah. It would like, cause obviously because it's my brand, like it's per like I made it and I designed it. I it's quite personal when people will say, oh, it doesn't fit me well. And I kind of like took it personally in the beginning, like, oh, why why wouldn't it fit her properly? Like, did I not like, you know? design it properly did, did it like something happened I would like overthink it but then after like a few months I kind of like tried to like understand that not everybody's built the same like not everybody's body is the same and it's not personal and sometimes people will be like oh I really love this but it doesn't fit me well on here and then I would instead of um just saying okay um I'm gonna leave on you for this blah 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 I would ask them like could you give me a feedback on how it fit you so in case like I can make any changes to the garments for the future or like update you know the um, garment text for what they could be aware of for the next bit blah 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 and, and they were quite like helpful like all the customers that i asked them like the feedback they would really give me the feedback and like tell me their opinion and like it was just really an eye-opening um, time when they mm. were so open to giving feedbacks and i was really thankful that they did and um yeah but it was just a really tough time for me to um, go through all that and um, go into my daily job like mm -hmm. nothing ever happened or at night and you know and um, so after feeling extremely extremely like low I remember feeling extremely extremely tired all the time and I would literally sleep for 12, 24 hours straight because I'd oh. be so tired and um, I, I think I, uh, at that time I kind of like realized that I just have to like take a break. I can't keep on going like this. So I stopped. Like I, I didn't completely stop, but I kind of like took some time mm. off. And like now I'm, I've consciously decided to like take a break. Yeah. And um, start when I feel ready yeah. again. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, so obviously when the time is right what how do you kind of see um high and fleurs kind of 
progressing or like what is your vision for high end flares? I my vision I so I feel like now that I've taken some time and um I've had some time to think about what where I want to go with handlers and I definitely want to like include all these size ranges which is which is something that I wanted to do in my first collection but I don't think people realize how costly it is to have all these size ranges because I think so for like normal like I would say um from size 6 to size 18 is like a standard range but then after 18 it's you call it like curve ranges or plus size blah 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 but those plus sizes cost extra like more to make than like normal range right and, um, especially with my um like i didn't have enough finance to, enough uh, money to even like invest in like normal size range so i only did eight to i think 16 8 to 16 even that was like really um costly and i think for me um hanfers the next step would be to include uh, include at least up to size 18 and mm -hmm. like slowly grow the size uh, size range and um include like a petite range because i don't know what i'm doing with myself if i'm not including petite um because i'm petite mm -hmm. and, um, yeah like that and um I think I learned a lot from my first collection. I definitely. Oh my god! I just got two new orders. Anyway, Yay, as we speak. <laughs> I will be and one more. Woo! That's 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 nice. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was gonna say. I think going forward, because from my first collection, I feel like I learned a lot. Like I don't want to put myself in that position again, where I feel like. I have to get everything done on time. Like, mm. I'm gonna give myself some breathing space because yeah. I didn't do that last time and I was just completely burnt out. So this time I wanna take it slowly, maybe just do one style at one time instead yeah. of doing five styles at once because maybe once I have more help, maybe I can do that. But for now, I wanna do something that is a sustainable lifestyle for me as well. Mm. Maybe, I don't know, go into part-time work instead of full-time and do part-time, part-time mm. instead of full-time and full-time. Yeah. No, that's, that's yeah, I suppose that's like a natural kind of um, way into um, making time for what you love doing and also your 9 to 5, so yeah. Thank you so much, Jyothi, again for you know agreeing to do this episode with me. I've learned a lot and I'm sure the listeners have as well. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so lovely to chat with you.